to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up the chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, hello. How's it going? Uh, not not too bad. I feel like I've had a very, very busy week, so I haven't had a whole lot of time mm. to kind of sink into games outside of, obviously, the games that I cover for specific shows like uh, Hearthstone and Sea of Thieves. So um, I'm excited to talk to you about Sea of Thieves because you just got in <laughs> to, you know, actually play a little bit this past week. So I'm, I'm excited because last time we talked about it, you hadn't had much playtime. So. Yeah, I did get a chance to play it, uh, even though the world tried to stop me. But I was going to say, you were playing through Game Pass, and I yeah. know that there was an issue when the big patch went out a couple days ago that like disabled Game Pass. Uh, I was going to say momentarily, but it was longer than a moment, uh, disabled yeah. Game Pass access for a couple of hours. So did that impact you at all? Yeah, well, it did because I was going to stream it on Tuesday night. And then but luckily I had got some time in before. So like I was looking at it, it's like, oh, wow, I, I, I guess I'm not going to be able to to stream it. <laughs> so I, I ended up streaming Far Cry 5, which I'll talk about, you know, next week or whenever I have a chance to, to sink my teeth into because that game's massive. But with Sea of Thieves, I I finally got in on Monday for a good chunk of time, a couple hours, two or three hours with, uh, I played with uh, Evan, you know, our lovely friend, the Australian living in New Zealand. Yes, it's mm-hmm. possible. Um, <laughs> and just had, had a great time, you know, like getting in there with that game to kind of see what it is uh, and experiencing what you're talking about, what everybody, what a lot of people are talking about, but also experience both sides of, of the conversation. Cause I know with, with our discussions and with shipwrecks and shanties and the discord getting a, a good boost to people who like to talk with a pirate accent, there's been a lot of positive <laughs> conversations around this game because there's a lot of positive things to be said about this game. How, however, jumping in, I noticed some, some pretty right off the bat, like kind of, this is an odd design choice and that there's no real tutorial, right? So I was... Well, I mean, originally Mm -hmm. when the game first launched, there wasn't anything in the first like 24 to 48 hours, but that was more of a glitch. Then what you're supposed to see when you log in are messages that pop up telling you what buttons do what and where to go to get voyages, what voyages are like, there are like information windows kind of that pop up and give you at least a platform to kind of jump off from. And then like when you get onto your ship, it says like, oh, make sure you don't leave the harbor without checking barrels to find some more supplies. Like, you know, oh. so there are there are supposed to be little windows with stuff like that to pop up. I got them, I think, after I scrapped my character the first time and started a new character that would have been like three days post launch i think so um i don't know if like scrapping my character and making a new one a couple days later or if it was because i'd just gone in as like a single player or like i'm not quite sure what the trigger was that made me get it but um i actually got the tutorial twice once as a single player and once as a when i was doing duos so i did see the tutorial twice but i've heard a lot of other people say like Really? I never saw anything. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's supposed to be there, but there it has been a bit of a kind of glitchy launch because they got way more people and they're having a lot of scale issues, which is actually why there was such a big patch on Tuesday is because they basically rebuilt the game client. <laughs> they changed a lot of background systems and like ways that they worked and stuff. Right. So they weren't able because the, it was like 
core functionality of the game that changed, they couldn't just patch it. So they basically made everybody re-download the game with the new client and yeah. all the fixes and everything else. So Which um, it, it is what it is uh, in yeah. that case. But no, I, I didn't get a tutorial. Um, I didn't have, now I did have Evan to kind of like walk me through it. And, and you know, right. it didn't take long for him to kind of say like, okay, uh, you know, this is where you pick up quests. Here's our boat. And it took, a bit to understand like okay like is that your boat is that my boat yeah and it is his boat because he started the party which is fine you know but where's my boat you know does my boat exist in the cloud until i start a game and then that's my boat you know you can customize your boats do all the boats look the same my understanding is they look the same right all the base boats look the same. There's right. two different styles. There's the galleon, which is the three or four person. And then there's mm -hmm. the sloop, which is the one or two person ships. Um, and your customization, like the um, pieces of the ship that you have access to and like your customization bits mm -hmm. stay with you, the player. But then like if you have a player in a two, three or four man crew that has a set of sails that you don't have, they can customize the ship. And it's basically like, the last customization to be finalized while your ship is at port sort of thing is the one that sticks. Right. But you can go and change it at any outpost and, you know, anyone can go in and to their kind of ship customization collection and then make changes to what your ship looks like. Um, which it just, it gives me this like sleeping beauty vibe, you know, like when they the two little fairy godmothers, like one <laughs> wants the dress to be blue and one wants the dress to be pink. And they're like, constantly changing her dress back and forth between pink and blue until it's just this like smoosh of purple yeah have you do you know have you seen sleeping beauty do you know what i'm talking about i i've seen the classic disney animated right. film sleeping beauty so yeah that's what i picture like you know half a half a sloop with like the beer mug customization and half a sloop with like the skull and crossbones customization and it's just slipping back and forth but anyways yeah that's basically how it works I'm is uh yeah, you can decide what your ship looks like based on, but it's cool. again down to personal customization. So, like if um, Matt makes the sails, the clinking beer mugs, and I don't like it, if I don't have a customization that I can kind of overwrite his with, then I'm kind of stuck with it. So, hmm. yeah, I I think like, and that's the thing is this game, I, like I, I I'm I you know what I'm really glad about? I'm really glad that yes, this game has flaws. And it's not for everybody. And I'm just really glad that the internet isn't latching onto it and causing everybody to have a bad day. I'm glad that the internet <laughs> is giving it the benefit of the doubt. And I really think that's due to the fact that this is the first uh, first party game day and date to be with Game Pass. Because I think Sea of Thieves is a great example of a lot of games that become games as a service. You know, mm. if you want to buy in right now and just have access you know, lifetime access to Sea of Thieves, you can buy it. 80 bucks Canadian, $60 American, get in on it. Or you can try it. You can try it with a Game Pass. You can you can play it for a month with Game Pass. And I think that's where, where I come in and that I'm not big on multiplayer titles. I don't have a lot of f free time to completely mm -hmm. devote my attention to a multiplayer game. I just have these segments of time where it's like, okay, I have a couple hours. Or for example with game night we're gonna do game night i imagine we'll play sea of thieves you know uh mid-april that's a safe bet so for me i'm not gonna go buy sea of thieves i'm gonna re-up my game pass uh subscription so i have access 
to Sea of Thieves for game night. And I think yeah. that's really great because if I feel the game doesn't have enough content for me, then I can hit pause and I can come back to it. Similar to World of Warcraft in that if I feel I'm not getting enough out of it, I can hit pause and I can come back when they add a large chunk of content that is for me. And and I think that's where I really need to see where Sea of Thieves and Rare is coming from with this game to say like, okay, you're still in the bug fixing, addressing the launch. I get that. Mm-hmm. What's the roadmap? You know, where do we go from here in terms of content? Because what I'm exper- what I experienced on Monday was I did I did a quest for each faction except for the um I think the trade guys, the merchant guys. The merchant, yeah. So yeah, I did I did some treasure chesting and I did some you know killing of pirates uh, skeletons and that was a lot of fun. You know, me and Evan just going around and, and, you know, he was showing me the, literally showing me the ropes and I was controlling our ship and we were talking and we were kind of like collecting <laughs> treasure. And I liked that gameplay loop of, of hanging out. I like the idea of a glorified hangout room where I can chill, relax and sit back and do something while I'm hanging out with my friends. Right. It's the equivalent of, you know, shooting pool or bowling mm. while I'm hanging out with friends. Like... I, you know, I get that there's a good way to look at it, actually. Yeah. And I'm not saying that playing pool or bowling is like a passive sport. I know it's, you know, they're in the Olympics. I get it. But to (laughs) me, that's what pool and bowling is. It's a casual, you know, hang out with friends. Social game. Yeah. Social game. So Sea of Thieves is to me a social game that is going to need a steady pace of content. And if I've learned anything from enjoying Destiny or World of Warcraft, if there's not enough there to, you know, satisfy the average gamer, then you're not going to be successful. And I think mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves is set up in a way where they have an opportunity to continue to add to this game. And they'll have to address two audiences. The folks who have bought in, who are going to be the most vocal because they bought in from the beginning at the full price. And the folks that they want to coax back with Game Pass every once in a while to check out the new content. So in my mind, Microsoft should be saying to Rare, look, you need a large content drop every 30 days to encourage people to keep their Game Pass. Mm, and if I they aren't mean, having yeah. that conversation, and I, I assume they are, because why else would you launch this game in, in the state it's in with Game Pass? Because I think that's where they've avoided a lot of the internet mess that usually comes with a game with less content than you would hope for you know now again i haven't played well, a lot i think of it, i but... think the way that they've kind of avoided that backlash is mm. because rare as a company has been so transparent sure. i mean we've had now two developer videos since the launch updating the community on what exactly they're working on what's going on what the issues are what's causing the issues and why they didn't see it kind of or why they didn't predict that these things were going to happen um as well as we've had multiple like blog posts again basically detailing a lot of the same stuff but um they've also had two different things that have been i mean there's multiple things that are on the forums and in mega feeds but um two community concerns that have already kind of come up and been dealt with already. So uh, the first one was in their release notes, they had uh, upcoming features and one thing that was listed was death cost. Mm. And the community basically went, 
uh, no, if I die to a PVE cause, I don't want to be penalized. Like, that's right. really stupid. And so they came out within a week of kind of these release notes going out saying, oh, yeah, okay, we heard your feedback. You guys are right. We're not going to implement this. You know, it never was in there. Now it never will be. You know, thanks sure. for all your feedback. And so, again, they've been very responsive. And then the second thing was um, people were complaining that their ships were spawning too close to where they had just been sunk. And so it made it too easy for enemy ships to basically follow the same ship around and harass them and, yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, they've said that with the next content patch that they're going to change it so that you spawn further away. So they've already made significant changes to core gameplay slash rolled back on features that weren't uh, popular with the community. And I think because... They really had like they're not just sitting there saying, oh, yeah, we're listening to all your feedback and we're mm -hmm. still going to do whatever we want. Like they're actually listening and the community is seeing changes based on forum feedback. So I think that's why, oh, that, yeah. you know, that they've kind of dodged the the Internet bullet, as it were, uh, with unsatisfied gamers is mm -hmm. just because they have been very they have actually been listening and, and the community has been seeing timely responses, which. Especially like if you compare it to a company like EA, like mm. they're just head and shoulders above the competition. It took them, what is it? So it's March. So it took them four, four months, five months actually, to address <laughs> the concern of the progression system. They just launched a revamped progression system, and I'm speaking. Who did? Of uh, sorry, EA. Sp oh, EA. Okay, about, sorry. Uh, sorry, about Battlefront 2, basically. Oh, okay. We're talking about the latest <laughs> I like, shitstorm. I, can, I know how you could be confused. <laughs> you know, EA has a lot of shitstorms to deal with, but yes. uh, the latest one being <laughs> Battlefront 2 and, you know, dealing with a little license called Star Wars. You know, mm -hmm. like you, if you fuck up Star Wars, like you got a real problem on your hands. Yeah. Took them five months <laughs> to fix it. And I don't even know if it's fixed. I don't know if they actually like engaged with the community. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't surprise me if they just went into their corner, cried a little bit, and then uh, released the the fix. <laughs> because like, why would you want to engage with people who have literally torn you limb from limb on every social media platform available? <laughs> and you know, I agree with you. You know, rare is being vocal, rare is being very open, and they're taking feedback from their community that that makes sense. They aren't just blanket listening and implementing. They're actually you know, weighing their responses. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with you 100%. And eventually they will get a, they will get around to looking. It's like, okay, we're at, we're stable. Everyone's happy. And I'm not saying they're like right now, like if you look at this as a completed, fully fledged, it's done, it's out the door, we can move on to our next product. That's not the case. But I don't think that's the point. The mm -hmm. point of the game is to provide you with a base to start you know, a base game. And then they're going to implement more onto it as you go. And yeah, right now it is it's very, it's very kind of like base basic and mm -hmm. sandboxy and kind of like make your own fun. But this is why I wanted to talk to you about it specifically, sure. because I feel like it's sandboxy in one way, but not as sandboxy as a game like Minecraft. Like there are factions, there's reputation to grind. There is at least a little bit of direction how have you felt like do you feel like you want to go back in and do more progression are you do you feel like there's not enough in there for you like because i know the kind of games that you like and the kind of games you steer away from this mm -hmm. i feel like is kind of a merger of a quest based game and a sandbox game 
So I kind of want to know what you feel, like what you think. It's got a good mixture of the two and that when I was playing with Evan at the beginning, I'm like, all right, am I, am I really going to dig this? Because I like rare. I like pirates. The ocean's beautiful. I dig it. But is it going to keep me hold interested? You know, hold yeah. my attention. So as I'm going forward and we're doing we're doing quests and I'm like, okay, okay, I kind of see this. I like navigating to the islands. I, I like the whole feedback loop of like laying down a quest or a voyage, voting on it. Then you like look. So we were playing just a duo. So looking over the back at the map and being like, okay, yeah, it's it's uh, southeast of here. And then working together to navigate. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then doing the actual quest, like Evan was good enough to kind of just let me, you know, he was just kind of protecting as I was trying to find the chest. Yeah. And I found that as we went forward, there was that, oh, what's this? What's this? Oh, maybe one more, one more, you know, to the point where we were navigating. And it's like, oh, there's a sunken ship. You can actually go in there. And as I'm navigating it underwater, he's telling me like, okay, you want to look for these treasures or, or those treasures. Sort of like you would if, you know, if you were a real pirate and you're like, hey, let's send the newbie underwater while I watch the (laughs) ship. So he's watching the ship and I'm trying to get these these crates and I'm like, okay, I I found a a crate of uh, silk or something or whatever, tea leaves. So I bring it up and he's like, oh, my God, there's another ship here. Oh, I think they're good. I think they're good. Oh, no, no, they're shooting. (laughs) So they're shooting at him. And as they're killing him and singing and and jumping onto our ship and stealing our stuff, like I sneak around and it's a four player boat. I didn't. This is my yeah. first time experiencing other players, so I sneak oh, up really? onto the boat and I'm like, "No one's here. What do I do?" Because <laughs> I have the crate in my hands, and <laughs> and he's like, "I don't know. Just because I was listening to podcasts that day, and they were talking about Sea of Thieves, and it's like the best way to get away is to like drop the anchor. No, that was reading on Reddit. Drop the enemy anchor." And then get onto your boat, set sail, and then you're good to go. Because you can drop the anchor pretty much immediately. Really but, quickly, but yeah. But bringing it up is what takes time. Yeah. So, I and I've never been on a galleon before, so I'm like, where do I drop <laughs> the anchor? <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm like looking for the... I can just see you running around with tea in your hands going, where's the anchor, where's the anchor? That's where's it. the anchor, guys? <laughs> it's literally what happened. And then I see a guy, and he pops up, and he's looking at me. And, you know, we talked about the character customization last time. So, like, I don't think he knew what his folks looked like. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm standing on his deck and he's standing there, too. And he looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, I don't think he I don't think he thinks I'm a bad guy. You well, know? probably not, because you're standing there with, like, treasure in your hands. And if True. you were a bad guy, he wouldn't be like, why are the bad guys bringing treasure on my ship? <laughs> so then I dropped the treasure and shot him in the face. And I didn't realize you could kill them in one shot if you shot them in the face. Makes <laughs> sense in hindsight, right? When, yep. when when you do that. So I shoot him in the face, he dies. And I'm like, oh, crap. Well, they definitely know I'm bad now. And then they, <laughs> they all start popping up. And I'm like, I killed him. And I killed another one. And I'm like, okay, I think. And I said to... I said to Evan, it's like, I think, I think the coast is clear. So then I, again, I don't know what to do. It's like, and I'm, and he's like, well, go in, into there. So I was thinking, oh, I'll go into there. And I don't know why I did this, but I'll go into their loot and see if I can steal some of their treasure because they stole some Just of ours. For the record, if you can, if you find like the uh, spices or the tea, or I think there's mm-hmm. like three or four things that are like 
turn inable, sellable yeah. to the Merchant Alliance. If you find those things, they're worth like five or six chests. Like, <laughs> see, I didn't know that. So yeah. <laughs> I dropped my tea leaves, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna see what I can steal from them because they stole from us. And I and and eventually, I just got I got killed. So yeah, uh, it, <laughs> and and there was an experience of like after that, and I, maybe this was after the tweak they did in terms of the respawning because we respawned, and we were far enough away that. We still saw them, so we still saw danger in the horizon. Yeah, we... no, they haven't actually implemented. Okay, the, they haven't the, done it. It's not until the the patch, which will probably be next week. So maybe we were just we were just lucky because we could keep them on the horizon. And then ever since then, we were like, well, it's a pirate life, right? So we have to kind mm-hmm. of be wary of enemy pirates. So when, as we continued playing and turning in quests, like that was a lot of fun. Turning in quests and being like, okay, I'm I'm done searching for tre- chests. Let's go talk to. You know, the lady who wants us to kill skeletons. And then just as we were trying, we were going to wrap up, we gonna we were swinging in the port and we we're like, oh, crap, there's another ship. And the cool thing about all the ships kind of looking the same from a distance is that you can tell, well, at least Evan could tell, whether it was a sloop or a galleon, you know? Yeah. And he yeah. was saying like, oh, they're not moving. They're actually, they're actually at port. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's go in. Maybe we'll, we'll be friendly. And then I thought, well, if this is... If this is the last time I'm going to get to play before I talk about it on the show this week, we might as well attack it, right? <laughs> we got dicked around. We might as well dick around with some other folks, uh, you know? Because there's no penalty to sinking a boat besides right. just like, oh, okay, I got to respawn, I guess. Yeah. So we, uh, luckily, no one was on board or they were AFK. I don't know because we were shooting at them and Evan was missing and I was trying to steer us like, so basically I asked Evan like, can we ram the ship? And he's like, yeah, you can ram it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to ram it. So I like swing around and I rammed it and it was really <laughs> satisfying. It was a, it was like, it was running, like running into a parked car. Like it, it wasn't yeah. moving, but when we rammed it, we literally ran it over and it sunk. <laughs> so, uh, super satisfying. And then like fixing the boat after combat and like, getting the water out of the boat was really cool so the the gameplay loop of the combat and the mechanics that's fun and you know you've got a solid base when most of the criticism people are talking about like you know i listen to a lot of gaming podcasts i read a lot of reddit most of the complaints people have are like wouldn't it be cool if there was this or there was that yeah and you're thinking well shit that's reasonable that fits really well with this game. And I'm sure Rare is, if they haven't already come up with the idea and are implementing it, they certainly are following feedback. So mm-hmm. like the fact that you have a, a fun base game that is a lot, that is having people come up with these creative ideas tells me that they've got something they've that got can be built upon. Right? Like yeah. there's something there. There's a fun gameplay mm-hmm. loop. There's like a beautiful environment. Like yeah. people want to spend time there. And what they're saying is, this is great, but what if? And I feel like that's kind of the stuff that you want, especially as a, a designer of a game like this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't necessarily want people to say that if you've built this giant narrative, right? Like, wouldn't Mass Effect be great if <laughs> yeah. you don't necessarily want that? Yeah. But in a game that is basically just a base sandbox, you want people to say, Oh, this would be a cool feature. Oh, how about this? Because they've said like they're going to do their first major content patch with like the next portion of the game in three months. But I think you're right. 
they could add smaller patches in between. Mm-hmm. So we know that three months from now, we're getting a big, huge, like, story something. Hmm. Uh, and, and maybe story, maybe story is the wrong word, but um, maybe a, a big, faction. huge game patch. So, uh, no, not even factions. They hmm. basically said, like, for the next part of the game, the for the big patch that's coming, your pirate legend hideout will be, like, the new starting zone. Oh, so, so they're creating like, hideouts. Well, their hideouts are already in the game, but you have to level up to level 50 with all three factions before you can start the quest to open up your hideout. Whoa. So hideouts are already there. That's the current end game of Sea of Thieves is getting all your factions up to 50 and then you become a pirate legend. And then there's a whole new set of voyages that opens up. There's a whole new set of um, like customizations. There's mm. like there is there is a whole big end game to Sea of Thieves that isn't tied to or that's tied to your faction rep so what they're saying is once you get there which i mean i think probably josh and matt are the two people i know who have put the most amount of time into sea of thieves in the last week and i think their highest rep is somewhere i think matt has one between 25 and 30 so he's maybe halfway there and obviously the the higher the level the more xp it takes to get to right. you know to go level to level like you can go one to two real fast but 10 to 11 takes a lot longer so um i mean technically halfway there in terms of numbers but probably not halfway there in terms of rep he might be like a quarter of the way there yeah. in terms of actual rep grinding so um it, it does take a long time and again that's it, that's with one faction you have to do it with all three there are people who've already posted um like videos of them getting to the pirate legend hideout but those people are few and far between. And I think it's kind of a good amount of timing. Like you don't want it to be something that takes your, your most dedicated 16 hour a day players a month to get there because they're going to stop before they finish that grind. But I feel like um, you want within like the first week, like the elite elite to get there because then that gives everybody else an example of what to shoot for. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, it's, it, I kind of think of this game as, you know, kind of like Minecraft, you know, where uh, this isn't an early access title, but like, let's say Minecraft came out when it came out and it was, it was full priced and it's like, here's our game, you know, invest and we'll just continue building on it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying Sea of Thieves is going to have the same success level that Minecraft has because like most games don't achieve that, but yeah. I think that if you're unsure about the $80 purchase price, then you have options to check mm-hmm. it out and play with friends who are currently playing through the game. And pass. we have, yeah, we have had people confirm you don't necessarily need to have an Xbox to use the game pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I own an Xbox, so I can't test it. So, um, but I, it does seem like that works. So it is an option for people who just want to play on PC. As True. far as we know, it's definitely at least worth looking in, worth looking into. But uh, yeah, like I've said this kind of from the start, Sea of Thieves is fun enough right now. And it feels like they've put a lot of work into making sure that they have a, a very good base game. And there's nothing but room to kind of expand now. And they talked about even uh, in one of the, I can't remember if it was a developer interview or maybe the official Sea of Thieves podcast. I can't remember where they mentioned it. But they were talking about essentially like the size of the world and the number of islands. And they're saying like they basically have content built to almost double the size of the world. 
but they thought that it felt better at this size of a map for launch. Sure. So they've got, you know, like a whole, like twice as much again in terms of like um, content and islands and lore and voyages and all that stuff. It's already kind of built. So I'm kind of expecting that to be most of the update that we get. Um, but they did basically say that your pirate hideout and your legendary pirate status is the jumping off point for the next big piece of content. And, and again, that'll probably be new locations, maybe whatever. But I think when it comes to things like factions and possible new mechanics and, mm -hmm. you know, little things like that, I think that they can add, you don't necessarily need to wait for a big content patch to add stuff like that. Yeah. So I, the way that they've been talking, I think we can expect little things like that more often and uh, then like big new uh, systems and mechanics to come every few months. So right. kind of keep your eye on it. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you had a good experience, at least in your first outing in Sea of Thieves. I'm glad you found somebody to play with, because mm -hmm. if you had gone in as a new player in a single sloop, which they do warn you yeah. right at the beginning when you're selecting, if you select single player, they say, this is a much more challenging experience than playing with a crew. So there is that kind of warning on it, but I'm glad that you actually had it. I'm sorry I wasn't around to, no. to give you to, I, to play. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Tuesdays you know, are, are just so busy. <laughs> no, I know. And and uh, I think that's that's something that you, you need someone to play with. And luckily in the Gamers in Discord, there's been a lot of folks that are super pumped about playing. So usually if you're... And I think that's, that's exactly what you had done. It's like, hey, Ryan's looking for someone to play and uh evan had hit me up so it was nice that i i even got to i got to hang out with evan and and play some some pirating and he knew what he was doing so he was kind of he was pointing me in the right direction but he wasn't saying like oh and this is how this works and this is how that works you know yeah. it wasn't completely you know spoiling them the experience of discovering sort of the tips and tricks that rare has built in and and one final thing that i noticed is that you know being an xbox game and a pc game you need xbox live gold to play on your xbox but you can play for free on your PC. So yeah. if you have the Game Pass and you're swapping between your Xbox and your PC, you can just, if you don't have Xbox Live Gold like myself, you can just play on your PC. So yeah. that's uh, that's handy for sure. I've had Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation Plus for probably the last two or three years. And the reason why, like I don't even really use it but I have it set up to just renew like once a year. So I totally forget it's there. I totally forget that I paid for it. And then like once a year, I'm just like, you paid $60 to Microsoft. What the hell? Yeah, yeah I, I <laughs> canceled like, it. Oh, yeah. shoot. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then I have it for another year and then I forget that it's there. And then they ding me for another 60 bucks. So <laughs> yeah, I wasn't using way it to go, enough, Microsoft. So. Yeah, they, they got you. And I've certainly been yeah. there, but I just. Uh, both PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold, I was just, I wasn't using it enough to warrant uh, purchasing it, and it kept going up in price. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, one of you's got to go, and then eventually both of you's got to go. And until yeah. a game comes by that like I actively need to play on Xbox multiplayer, then I'll like yeah. go month to month. Um, but I just I found that, yeah. It, this was the only instance where I like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna boot up Sea of Thieves on my Xbox. It's like, oh wait, <laughs> I don't have gold. So that was the only instance yeah. where I actually missed it. But no, I I uh, I highly recommend checking it out while it's active, while a lot of people are playing it. Get on the Game Pass if you're if you're curious, and 
if it's not for you at this point in time, then you jump out, you resub once there's a big, you know, update and you go from there. Kind of like if No Man's Sky didn't have a shit launch and a very like internet like <laughs> tore into it, you know, if 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 you look at that, like No Man's Sky now actually after years of putting out updates, they are now kind of like the indie darling again like people have kind of gotten over the fact that they kind of fumbled at the beginning Mm -hmm. and now they're they're releasing steady content patches or content updates every six months or so so i i mean i would like to see see if these go a little bit quicker on that front um but i imagine if three months is their big well and i mean like see because i've seen this comparison before you're definitely not the first person Mm -hmm. to make the comparison of see if these versus um no man's sky but i think the big difference at least for me, No Man's Sky was never anything that was going to appeal to me. Mm. But at least in Sea of Thieves, I can play with my friends. And I feel like that not having that multiplayer and not even having other people (laughs) in No Man's Sky with you, even though that was kind of, it was even after launch and people saying like, why haven't I run into anybody yet? And then eventually they were kind of like, it's because no one else is there. We didn't think you'd notice. Yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) You know, like, see if these doesn't have that problem so i think that they have that that leg up on launch anyways it is definitely multiplayer um, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) most definitely so you talked about how you're using game pass for sea of thieves but you're using game pass for something else as well and i'm really curious because about just game pass in general if it's even worth it because just the idea of like a netflix for games i think is a cool idea but you're actually not just using your game pass for sea of thieves you found something else of worth there as well so Mm -hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about rhyme yeah so i uh rhyme is a game that that sort of looked interesting i like the developers or the the folks behind a a a zombie game that came out was really good and and i'm blanking on the name but the developers (laughs) like tequila works or something and rhyme is a game where you play as a young boy on an island and you're trying to traverse it it's similar to a mix between journey and the last guardian where you're kind of or or ico those types of games where you're traversing and there's a lot of climbing and puzzles and stuff and there's no spoken word it's all just interactions with character with you and and other characters in the game and and doing that sort of stuff so i basically when i got kind of visually looks to me like um what was that puzzle game oh shoot Witness, yeah. yes, witness. That's it's better what than it looks like to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know we both bounced off of the witness pretty hard. This one's a little yeah. more. This one's a little easier. And basically, what I did with the game pass is I went through and I'm like, I realized like, oh, there's a lot of games on here that I've been wanting to try, like Rhyme, Halo Wars Two, and Halo Wars Definitive Edition are in there. Recore is in there. All games that mm, I haven't Recore. really. Yeah, it's uh, and it's cross-platform as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward PC. to once you once you get a chance to actually get your hands on Recore. I'm interested to know what you think of that one because I know yeah. that was one that was definitely on my radar that I just didn't necessarily get into because again, there's just at some points there's so many different games launching that things fall yeah. through the cracks. So there's a, Recore a is one of, of those. Yeah, and I'm hoping to get some more time. I did dabble in Recore and bounced between the Xbox and the PC, and and that is seamless. Like I would, mm. I played about an hour and a half on the PC, then I played another hour on the Xbox, and it just went back and forth. It was really, really cool that it worked that way. And uh, but with Rhyme, I was just kind of like, you, you know, I'll sit down with Caden, and he'll like tolerate 
sort of me <laughs> playing video games for maybe like 15 minutes and he gets bored because he's not doing anything you yeah. know he has his little mario wiimote he's like okay go get your controller and he like opens the drawer and he pulls the wiimote out there's no batteries in it don't tell him but yeah <laughs> he just sits on the couch and he kind of pushes buttons but then with rhyme i think i found like the good sort of entry point for him where it looks like a cartoon there's a lot of there's no words but there's a lot of noises and mm-hmm. it doesn't stop but it also gives me the ability to you know i don't need to pause the game but i there are moments where it's like oh i'm not being interrupted at all but i have to push this button so for example there's a there's the the y action to make a to basically make a sound that activates certain parts of the puzzles and then there's okay. an x button that is basically the interact button so whenever those prompts would pop up, it'd say, oh, Caden, here, you got to push the Y button, and he'd push it. And, you know, he was getting enough out of it where we could we could kind of co-op the game in a way. Okay. Um, so as we were playing, he would just he would, he would just be like, oh, climb, Daddy, climb, climb. <laughs> chase the fox, chase the fox. It's like the fox, the fox. And we just, we ended up, before we knew it, we, we had played for a good hour or so. And yeah. uh, just progressing through the puzzles and, and being able to interact, like, He'll ask for Mario by name, but he doesn't actually want to play Mario. He just wants to see I was going to say, it's probably because, like, you've just bombarded him with Nintendo, like... I have. Yeah. Merchandise and... and He's got <laughs> a Mario shirt. Of, like, he, yeah, like, he knows Mario because of his dad, not because he likes Mario. <laughs> no, and so when we play Odyssey, he would, like... He would be like, this is cool. And then after a while, it's like, yeah, you're not really doing anything interesting for me, so I'm going to go... Uh, beg mommy for Paw Patrol or something so you know it was kind of the first moment where he he, like he engaged with it like he's Mm -hmm. not playing yet but he's pushing buttons and I'm like showing him like okay push the Y button and there's enough time for him to push the Y button and then look that he's made a difference you made a thing happen yeah yeah, I made a thing so it was just really cool so rhymes like this neat laid-back experience where you're exploring this world and progressing by completing puzzles and just it's a very passive experience there's no combat it's just kind of climbing and navigating and puzzle solving so if you're looking for something like if you picked up the game pass for sea of thieves and you're looking for something kind of like laid-back and passive and just like really mellow like rhyme is really good because there's no there's just there's no rush there it's just you know complete it at your own pace follow that fox climb <laughs> you know and i feel like yeah. this is something we should do for the next few weeks is like when there's a bit of a lull in like triple a title releases we mm-hmm. should just be like this week on game pass <laughs> yeah i mean you know game pass has a lot to to offer and i think if as they go forward with these first party releases like it seems you know, April will be a lull, but I think Sea of Thieves will still be, you know, taking up the spotlight on Game Pass. But in May, we have State of Decay 2, which is another game coming, a first party title coming out. And I think that there's going to be enough there. Like they've already proven that they're not only just adding their first party titles, but they're continuing to add to the back catalog as well. Like Rise of the Tomb Raiders on there. So if you haven't played that, I know we both have, but you know, if you're looking to catch up for, you knew they, they you saw they announced Shadow of the Tomb Raider, another Tomb Raider game coming out this year, right? Tomb Raider game? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so they, if you want to catch up on that, those games are on there. But I thought you were talking about movies. I'm like, 
I don't remember them announcing that they were actually going to do another Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, that's I don't know. Great. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how that's going to go. I but don't know either. Probably but a conversation that... for another day. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I I really dig the Game Pass, and um, I'll be checking out Recore at some point in the near future because it it's just it it's screams my type of game. You know, it looks really cool. Uh, in terms of what I've been playing this week, uh, to be honest, I haven't had a whole lot of time outside of Hearthstone and Sea of Thieves, but I did want to make sure that I played something for you guys, and I realized when I logged into Steam yesterday that there was actually new DLC for a game that I talked about back in 2016. So uh, Planet Coaster, I'm sure you guys remember, uh, is the kind of theme park building game that I rated quite highly. I've had a, I had a really good time in it there's these really interesting uh like challenge modes where you start off in an existing park that has you know too many loans or you know like is just boring and not exciting enough or you know they've got a whole bunch of stuff but they don't really have a central theme so they don't have a lot of visitors and so like each challenge park kind of has their own problems and so you can you start in the problem park and then you try to solve them. Mm -hmm. There's also a, a sandbox mode and uh, and stuff like that. And, a, and another there's oh, sorry, it's career mode, which is what I was just talking about. Then there's a sandbox mode and a challenge mode. So you can kind of like challenge mode is where you say I want it to be kind of like easy, medium or hard. Uh, but yeah, the career mode is what I've been playing the most of. And it's really, really fun. But just this week, there was new DLC that came out. And when the new DLC came out this week, I realized that there's actually been two DLC packs that I missed. Oh. So there was a spooky DLC pack, which was all kind of like Halloween themed. Then there was the adventure pack, which was like, think kind of like Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider type themed stuff, like jungly and um, adventure-y, tomb-y, all that kind of stuff. So there were those two packs. And then the new pack, which is called the Studios Pack, and that's all about, um, like, think Universal Studios, so more, like, movie-themed theme mm. parks. So, like, licensed so, stuff or just, like, generic? Uh, like, yes, generic, but at the same time, um, kind of recognizable, I guess. Like, um, for instance, there's, like, animatronic sharks, which you can see there over that shoulder in my, and if you're watching the video version of Gamers In right now, mm. there's, like, the animatronic shark that looks a whole lot like Jaws. And uh, there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things that you can do with the studios pack, including like making movie sets. And, and there's a whole bunch of new rides and all kinds of different um, like fireworks and explosions and, and kind of cool like scenery pieces that have to do with movies as well as like the big studio lights and cameras and like, all kinds of stuff. So you can build something that looks a lot like Universal Studios now. Mm. And the other thing, and I have no idea if this came in with one of the other DLC packs or if it was functionality that was always there and I didn't realize, but you can actually like build your own buildings and assign them like a function. So there's all kinds of stuff. Like there's walls and different windows and like all kinds of customizable things within planet coaster now which i don't ever remember playing with before like that level of customization like you can change all the windows on your like food shack to go from like the generic four paned windows to something that looks like it's from a spooky haunted house there's also a whole bunch of different like wall and roof textures so it almost is to the point of like combining like the sims with roller coaster tycoon and 
the amount of customization you can do is insane because they've made these choices. And like I say, I don't know if I just missed this on the original game or if it's come in with one of these DLC packs, but the DLC packs for all of the customization and all of the theme stuff that comes with it are actually pretty cheap. They're like $7.99 uh, in the UK, $10.99 in the US, and I think $13.99 in Canada. Hmm. So they're all kind of like $15 or lower and uh, definitely worth it. Great add-ons to the base game. So uh, they also made some changes to allow you to put ter- um, to put pathways um, through the terrain like tunnels. Oh, nice. Or, and they did the same thing for like tracks as well. So you're not necessarily tied to your randomly generated terrain anymore. You can edit the terrain as well. But, you know, you can make the terrain more interesting instead of having to make, you know, flatten everything out to to make sure that your coaster fits on it properly so i think um, it's on sale as well right now for the dlc yes, being it is. Out. yeah, yeah. So, so i think yeah the uh previous two dlc packs might have been about like 10 10.99 canadian i think and then the current one was like 13 so you know it's still really affordable you can get all three dlc packs which i believe like more than triple the content that was put out with the base game and the base game was already really fleshed out Mm -hmm. um so just like it was almost overwhelming (laughs) seeing all the different things that i could do now when i logged into the game today but i'm gonna play i I find it so relaxing and i like that it's again it's this sandboxy type game but then with the extra layer of the career Mm -hmm. like there's um all the challenges that you have to do with the park there's like a three star system, like a bronze, silver, gold star. So you're trying to work through all the different career scenarios and get all three stars in each park. So there, there is kind of like um, goals and progression within these career modes that is just enough to drive me in the game. I find like just building a theme park isn't enough for me, but mm. because they've got this career mode, it just it's it's enough that I can get in there and it's quite relaxing and it's it's really really fun <laughs> cool no it's one of those games that have that has looked interesting to me i just haven't broken down and found the time to to pick it up and play it and i it's on my wish list so every time it goes on sale i, I get a little notification and, <laughs> and uh, i had to tell yeah. off, oh my god the steam like something on your wish list is on sale they stop talking to me steam i don't need to know this. yeah <laughs> i don't i don't need to know this uh come back to me when when uh when you got a real deep cut uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that it's one of those games that, and, and, you know, going, you know, talking about Sea of Thieves and support, I like the, when, when a game like, uh, Roller Coaster or, or uh, Planet Coaster and even City Skylines, like when it hits, you know, a, it gets real popular and people are loving it, they're releasing expansions at a steady clip where it's like, oh, you know, it would be cool to jump back into City Skylines or Planet Coaster, pick up all the expansions, some of which I missed at a discount. You know, I did that with Civ as well, where it's like, oh, Civilization Six has a or Five had a bunch of expansions. I'm gonna snap them all up on sale and pay like, you know, dollars on the tens. I don't know what people say, but <laughs> it's it's cents on the dollar. Cents on the dollar. Saying, right? Cents cents on the dollar. Well, dollars on the tens because like it never went down <laughs> to cents, and those expansions are expensive. No, I know, but it's like if there's like one dollar of worth, you're paying cents for every dollar of worth of the thing. It doesn't mean you paid cents uh, for it. It means you paid like a very low percentage cents well, on the dollar. <laughs> 
when in Rome, right? Oh, uh, th- <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. What, what, you, what she said. But basically, I think that I, I'm really happy to, to hear that you jump back in and, and it's not one of those Sims incidents where it's like, I bought all the DLC and I don't know what's wrong and with me. Still awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, no, the Planet Coaster experience was awesome and I yeah. do highly recommend it. Um, Good. Especially like just, and I know that this is like, about a year old content now but the um the actual the spooky expansion pack was really cool and i like the idea of making like a horror themed park and there's so many things you can do they even have like atmospheric smog and you can like change the so it's kind of like dry dry ice kind of stuff and you could change Mm -hmm. all the colors so again it's just it's almost infinitely like um customizable and you can even change now things like you can put triggers on paths and things so that when the, the little NPC dudes that are in your theme park, all your customers, when they walk by, like you can like change the color of the lighting or the fog or, you know, as long as something has a customizable color, now you can add a trigger to it that when somebody gets close, it'll do a thing. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's really cool because there's so much built into the base game, but then there's so much more you can do with customizing it. Even the coasters themselves can be changed and, you know, you can add more loops to them or you can lengthen them and all of that's going to impact the the score of the ride in general. And then that allows you to like balance the cost of things and, you know, charge more or less depending on what the rating of your ride is. And there, it is a very, very deep game and it's definitely worked worth checking out if you have any sort of like inclination towards games that are like simulations and that are you know very deep in customization you have the patience and the time for it definitely go check out planet coaster (laughs) awesome well i i I like uh, checking in with those games to see what's what's new with those expansions because they every time i go there it's like oh my gosh another expansion i wonder what's (laughs) up so that's good uh, we have a patron ad this week from Simon who says Weekly News Dash is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. Uh, if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash thegamersin and uh, make sure that you go to our Discord channel, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. If you are a patron, there are separate channels for you, so you can uh, join in with us when we play games, when we're playing on game night. Mm-hmm. You can make suggestions. You basically have a direct line to us, the hosts, if you're a patron and you're over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Not saying no one else can join. There are plenty of conversations, especially around all of our, the other podcasts that we do as TGI Presents Projects. So if you have any, any interest in Shipwrecks and Shanties, or also Ryan's show, Summoner's Call. All of those Discord channels uh, can be found in bit.ly slash TGI Discord. So we look forward to you guys joining the conversation over there. Uh, Ryan, you've got some listener feedback for us this week. Mm -hmm. We got an email from Thomas looking for some advice on first-time streamers. I know we've we've talked a lot about it, but, uh, you know, Thomas brings his own uh, unique perspective. So hello, Innkeepers. I've been a fan of the show for a long time, and I'm just now finding the time to sit down and write you guys. I've been a big fan of Joss's uh, since early episodes of The Angry Chicken. I have really enjoyed getting to know Ryan and hearing about your adventures starting in streaming. I was hoping I could perhaps get some advice on starting streaming myself, and since Ryan has started recently, maybe you would have some advice. For some context, I am a blind gamer who has been playing a large variety of games throughout my life, and I'm a huge Blizzard fan. I would love any advice that you have to give. Once again, you guys are the best. Thanks for the contribution to the community. 
Thomas. So, you know, not only I didn't include him just because uh, he said he's a huge fan of ours. I mean, that, <laughs> but uh, I thought, you know, from from the context of, you know, being a blind gamer and, and having that unique perspective um, is is a really cool thing, because honestly, I think a lot of people don't get how much work goes into games on the developer side to make them accessible to mm. to folks who who need games to be accessible and i think from, as a blind gamer i would i would assume that a lot of the games you play including blizzard games which are are very well uh accessibility wise it i think that perspective is interesting to sort of spread the word of you know this great work going into games that, that you're able to play thomas so i think from, i know uh, yeah. i had a player on my old raid team who mm. was legally blind and i know he did a bunch of youtube content um and it was basically like showing him being successful in games and also like reviewing games from an accessibility standpoint and i think that that is a huge kind of untapped market on twitch is just like the accessible or the accessibility community mm -hmm. basically like it's interesting content i love to see you know just different kinds of gamers doing different kinds of things and and being exposed to parts of games that maybe i'm not normally as mm -hmm. i am a fully abled gamer i would find it really interesting to to watch somebody consume this content and you know be entertaining and show me what's going on in games that i just am not aware of so i yeah. think it's a huge untapped market and could be really cool and really interesting so i mean yeah. in terms of like any advice that would be different from normal streaming advice um to be honest i'm not sure yeah i think most of the tips would pretty much be the same i mean it comes down to you're gonna be more popular and more successful as long as you are engaging and entertaining and i don't think that yeah, like anybody can be engaging and entertaining, you know. So, yeah. I don't know if the like I don't know if that helps or doesn't help. But... I, I I think that you know that's that's good advice. I don't advice. see you as a, as at a disadvantage. Yeah, and and you know uh, a lot of you might be saying like I don't know if that helps people, but if you rewind two months ago where I was talking about like Jocelyn, how do I get comfortable talking to myself? And <laughs> and your advice was like talk as if you have an audience because you do whether it's live or whether it's in the VODs, like you have someone that may or may not be watching you. And the worst thing you can do is just like stone face and play the game because no one's going to check out the VOD two, three weeks down the road because eventually the content you're playing will become stale. Like the game mm -hmm. won't be new. So when I played Far Cry 5, you know, last night or Tuesday night, it's like that was a brand new game just came out. So yeah, like there were people popping in, it's like, oh, what's this? So this is a new game, blah, blah, blah. But if I were to be just like stone cold Steve Austin in it and just playing the game, <laughs> you know, that VOD probably wouldn't be as valuable as, as it is if I'm, you know, injecting personality, but it takes time and it takes practice. And I think, like I said, with your unique perspective, like, I think that's where our advice would, would differ because I think you would need, you would na maybe need some specific you know, hardware, but if you're already playing the games, you have that hardware, you know, to, to play the game to suit your needs. So yeah, like same advice applies, camera, good microphone, you know, you're a solid setup where you're not, you know, recording, 
your your key taps so like uh from an accessible standpoint like how's like does it is there increased noise in terms of your your devices that you're using like do you need uh you know a scissor stand for your art for your microphone so it can go up and above you know a lot of the equipment you're using that's where i think our knowledge ends because we don't we don't know what kind of setup you have but again that that might be an opportunity for you where you can stream and then explain how you're doing it because i think that not only would you be educating folks who don't who who just take their you know take it for granted and play games you know the way they've always played games you could teach them but you could also teach kids and and adults just anybody who may be uh also legally blind but have never thought they could enjoy uh video games you know because because of uh you know their uh you know, being blind. So yeah, and I'm spreading just, that would I'm, be good. I'm just looking now and I don't see, cause I was stupid and didn't read ahead for <laughs> no, no. <laughs> read what the email was, what a, what but a twist. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering if there are like, I'm looking under my better sure. Twitch TV and I don't see any like other than setting font size and making the font size bigger, which I, I don't know, like if that would actually help or not, but I'm just sure. wondering if there's like accessibility. So you could like, I'm sure there's probably programs out there that could maybe like read chat to you, which would be like another level in your stream. Like if you had your, your chat room being read to you at the same time, then you could respond to people. Well, and that would, that, that would be something that you could do as a smaller streamer. Yeah. I don't really think that you could have that going if you were, a, by the time you get to a larger streamer, although you could put, chat on like slow mode but even then like or sub mode or sub mode but if there was like even if there was a way for like your moderators to feed you questions or something like that like that might be worth looking into mm -hmm. um is some sort of like audible cue that you wouldn't otherwise have but i yeah i'm not really sure other than that what we can give you in terms of advice but yeah. if you do have more like specific streaming advice questions then i would say again join the discord community because um, we're in there quite often. And there are yeah. a lot of people who are starting out with streaming who uh, can, you guys can kind of chat it up. So, and, and post uh, when, when you do go live, post your links in, you know, we have a community content channel in the discord and I personally want to just recommend everybody. Like if, I know a lot of our, our listeners and a lot of people in the discord have their own content. That channel exists for you to go in there and share your content so yeah. if you're going to start streaming, you know, if Thomas specifically, I'm talking to you, like if you're going <laughs> to start streaming and you want feedback and you want, you know, constructive criticism, uh, you know, go into the community content right in there and say like, Hey, I'm going live, you know, I'm going to test this thing out or even do a couple tests on your own. And then once you feel comfortable, you can share it in there. But honestly, I think that you should, you should, uh, use those channels uh, that we've set up, like use the community content. Yeah, use channel. all your use your resources for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's gonna do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, and Joss plays. Ryan is at R Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin, and are available after the fact on both Twitch and at bit.ly slash tgivod. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about Sea of Thieves or anything else on the Game Pass, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. 
Bye, everybody. Bye.